So as we said, um, at Bishops, the faculty and staff um, take student health and well-being extremely seriously. So we thought it would be helpful for you to know what resources are available at Bishops to both you and your students. So we'll start with the Dean of Students, Michael Beamer. Oops, I guess that was out of order. <laughs> Thanks, Lori. Um, Good morning, everyone. I'm Michael Beamer. Uh, I'm the Dean of Students here. Um, and I'm struck by moments like today. Um, this, is a, this is a tough stretch. Uh, and and I, think it's, I think it's worth reminding ourselves of that. Um, not only the news that Ron just shared uh, and the, the community response to that, um, it happens to be September 11th, uh, and I think for a lot of us, uh, that was a day that uh, we will remember for the rest of our lives. Um, we have Jared's uh, memorial on Saturday. And so I think it's, uh, I think it's important for us uh, at the outset of a year and all the optimism that that tends to bring coming off of retreats and the enthusiasm and, uh, and closeness that, that those moments provided for our students that we return and real life happens. Uh, and. Um, and I think it's, it's important for us to pause and remember that, that uh, even with the, the best of intentions, uh, sometimes things happen and they can be really hard. Uh, and so I start my comments with that framework uh, because often it is the work of the, of the people that you will hear following me um, to help students navigate moments like those. Uh, that, that my orientation as a dean, as a dean of students, uh, which for some in this in this room may uh, may remember your own educational experiences as the office you don't want to go into, uh, and I and I have parents all the time say to me, "I hope my son or daughter never is in your office," uh, and I understand that, and and I I I understand the the weight that comes with that position. Uh, I also push back against it a little bit uh, that that I actually don't define my role at bishops as the disciplinarian uh, or the one that sets boundaries or the one that takes corrective action. Uh, yes, I chair the discipline committee, and I get that, and I know that that comes with the territory. But I also know that the students who are here worked really hard to get here, uh, and that fundamentally they're pleasers, that we have high expectations of them, and they want to meet those expectations. And they work daily to do just that. And so my orientation is really, when a student fails to meet those expectations, what's going on? Uh, and, and we have to take sort of a, a dual track uh, to respond to moments like that. Sure, there is a, often an institutional response that we will apply. But we'll also ask questions about why this happened. And what else is going on in that child's life that led them to make the decisions they did? Uh, and the work that the discipline committee does uh, is fundamentally about that. It's, it's an education for that student about what other options were available, uh, why they felt cornered in the way that they did, uh, why they felt they didn't have the time to have the conversations they needed to with their teacher or with an advisor or another trusted adult uh, before they made a decision that was counter to the expectations of this place. Uh, that to me is the most important work that we can do for students in moments like that. There are, of course, other aspects of this job that fall outside of the disciplinary realm. Uh, and, and I'm truly pleased that I work with uh, 
a, a cadre of adults who have incredible experience uh, and incredible insight into how adolescents navigate the world. Uh, and I'm, I'm truly uh, pleased that you all get to hear from that team today. Most of the folks that you will hear from today are part of our student services team. Uh, and student services, sort of like the discipline committee, uh, is a group that tries to stay sort of under the radar. Uh, and we don't talk about it much. Um, and the reason for that is that Bishops is a community that really values privacy. Uh, and we, we feel as though it's not really up for public discussion uh, when, a, when a student is struggling or when a student is going through a difficult time, um, that that's not everyone's business. Uh, and so what you need to know is there is a group of 10 to 12 adults that meet weekly. Uh, and it's our charge to identify students that are struggling in one way or another, to discuss those students, what's going on in their lives, develop a plan for them, which often includes communicating, communicating with teachers, communicating with parents, communicating with other trusted adults who have an impact on that child's life, uh, and then continuing to monitor that student um, once that action plan is in place to ensure that they begin to get to a place where they don't need to be on our radar anymore. Um, and hopefully they can go back into the classroom, back onto stage, back onto the field, and be their best selves. Um, when the system is working well, that's what happens. Um, and, uh, and it's in the moments where it doesn't work well uh, that I think our group really beats ourselves up and wonders what else we could have done, uh, how else we could have approached a situation like that so that we can be better the next time. Um, and so that's, that's really what I wanted to share with you this morning. Uh, this group, uh, as I said, will, will have uh, plenty of other information uh, for you. But when it comes to what I think the most important work that happens out of the Student Center, uh, what it is, it really centers around that, is how do, we, how do we work with our students, how do we work with your children to make sure that um, nobody's falling through the cracks and that we can be communicating in a really appropriate way uh, with the people who need to know so that we can support them best. Um, do you have any questions for me about that? Terrific. Then I will turn things over to Susie Fournier, who I think was, I think it was her slide that was next. Hi, my name's Susie Fournier. I'm the school nurse. It's so nice to see so many familiar faces, because I really don't love public speaking. But I can look around and see all of you and focus on different people. Um, so I've been a registered nurse for 22 years. I've been here for seven years. I still work occasionally on the weekends in the urgent care. And I'm a mom of two middle schoolish aged kids. So when I see your kids, I come with that perspective. Um, kids can come to my office for all sorts of reasons. Sometimes it can be as simple as just needing a Band-Aid for a blister, you know, on a free dress day or you know, a seagull looks like they have a broken wing in the quad out there, um, or a broken arm, or a heart condition, or anything that could be even more serious. So I'm happy to see your kids. Sometimes they want to come in, and you know, the first thing they ask for is, can I have some Tylenol? 
And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why don't you sit down for a minute? Let's talk about why you need the Tylenol. Why have a stomach ache? Well, did you have breakfast? Have you had enough to drink? Are you feeling worried or stressed out? So they don't like it very much because they'd like to kind of get on with their day. But I try to stop them and we talk about what could possibly be causing that stomach ache. And a lot of times it turns into something, they're feeling stressed out, they're feeling worried, and so I can talk with them a little bit more and get them connected with um, our counselor, Megan Broderick. Um, but I do see a few things that I wanna make sure that parents are aware of so that they know um, the policies that we have at our school. If your student is on crutches, please shoot me an email as soon as possible. We don't allow students for any reason to be on the stairs and crutches for their safety. And so we'll move the whole class down to a downstairs location, maybe in the library, someplace where, where they'll have an elevator so that they're, they're safe. Um, the, the sooner I hear about it, the sooner I can get started on the room change and, and the less time they'll have to spend in my office and you know potentially miss some class time. Um, the second thing is concussions. Um, a lot of kids here play sports and they wind up with concussions. Um, when Jason, our athletic trainer, finds out about them, he's pretty good about letting me know right away but if you can also shoot me an email that would be great I like to meet with the student let them know how I can support them I reach out to teachers let them know what their expectations should be um, so just let me know about those things or anything else any other new health condition that they're struggling with I'm I'm happy to help you walk you through cases of mono or you know long illnesses or pneumonia um, I really want to hear from you um, another thing I just wanted to mention and you might hear this in passing from your kids um, you know, I do give medications like Tylenol or Advil or Tums when kids need it. Um, because I'm a registered nurse, I need an order from a physician to be able to give those things. And I'm lucky enough to work with Dr. Howard Terrace, who oversees all of San Diego Unified School District, and he writes all of my standing orders to be able to give your kids the occasional emergency medication, Tylenol if they have a fever, or some Tums if they have a stomach ache. I'm limited to giving that medication only twice a year for the same complaint. So if your student has a headache, I can really only medicate them twice a year. If they have menstrual cramps, I can only give them Advil twice a year. So if you know your kid and you know that they get headaches or they have chronic knee pain, let me know. I have a form. Uh, permission for over-the-counter medications. I just need their pediatrician to write an order for me be able to be able to give it as often as you and their pediatrician would like. So I have the medicine. I'm happy to provide it for your child. But if you happen to get an email from me saying, oh, this is you know the second time I've seen your son for a headache, and could you please um, you know, fill out a form for me, That's this is what I'm talking about. I'm happy to help them anytime, but I just wanted to let you know. You guys have any questions for me? Yeah. And then you can send it. It's on the Magnus Health, and then you can send it in at right. the same time so you don't have to go to a special appointment. Right. And we do have the form for prescription medications on Magnus Health. And if you want to use the prescription medication form and put Tylenol or ibuprofen on that, totally fine.
Yeah, totally fine. Or if your child has migraines and you want to have a dose of Emetrex in my office just for an emergency in case you can't get to them fast enough, you know, because it's really important to get it on board soon, I'm happy to keep that in my office. So I want to be able to help your kids. Thank you, Susie. Okay, Chloe, you're up next. Good morning. I'm Chloe Mathis. A little bit about me. I went to La Jolla Country Day School, so I'm not too much of a rival. I definitely believe maroon looks way more appealing than bright, vibrant blue. But I also played volleyball professionally. I did two masters whilst I was in England studying, so um, that's my educational background. I am the attendance lady here on campus. I also coach boys and girls volleyball. A little bit about attendance, I take it very seriously. Um, I approach attendance as a health and safety um, mindset. So if I don't hear from you, I'm concerned. I really care about all of our students here and I wanna make sure that they're in the right classes with the right teachers, that they're checking in with their advisors. Um, all of our scheduled time on campus, it's really important. So I really push to make sure that I'm triple checking and some of you are amazing at calling me 6.59 a.m. I love it. As early as possible, please let me know. Um, I also get it because it wasn't too long ago that I was at Country Day and calling my mom in the middle of the day, asking her permission for me to leave because I had a free period at the end of the day and I wanted to go eat before practice. So like, I get it. Um, I just want to make sure that I always have a call from you. So if I don't, you most often will hear from me, whether that's once a day, twice a day. I will call as many times as I need to to reach you. Um, sometimes I'll even send an email just to make sure. So if I'm spamming you, I apologize, but it's <laughs> really because I want to make sure that everything's okay and I'm really the middle window person between the student trying to leave and your call. So sometimes I might, you know, speak to you twice a day and say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I just found your message. So I am human, I make mistakes, but I just wanted to let you know that I really, really try to make sure that we're doing everything to procedure. And so basically, please call me before 8.30. If you do know your student likes to sign out in the afternoon at lunch or meet you somewhere in La Jolla, if you can try to schedule that beforehand and call me in the morning, it would make it so much easier, I think, for all of us as well, just to make sure it's seamless and um, I don't have to make them kind of hang out until <laughs> I speak to you. Um, also, you have access to Whipple Hill. Um, when you call me in the morning, there's a process. I have every student on campus and all of the calls for every parent and appointment and everything like that. So it does take me quite a bit of time to get through all of the students and their attendance. So please be patient. If you call me in the morning, I more than likely have received your call. And if I haven't, I will call you. Um, and I put that in the system and work it and everything like that. So please trust that I am really behind that desk working. Um, so that's the attendance bit. 
Also, if you have a doctor's appointment or if you know your student is going to be on a college visit or you're taking a family vacation, we have an absence form. It's a planned absence form. It's in my office. I also have it online. Um, if you need any access to that or you have questions, please call me or email me. But we have those students fill that piece of paper out and we have multiple people sign it. So they go to each of their teachers of the classes that they'll be missing to check in with them to make sure they're up to date on what it is that they'll be missing um, and the duration. You can put multiple dates on that piece of paper and we also have Janice Murabayashi sign off or Cora Lautnin if your student is a middle schooler. Um, and that's really to make sure that everyone's aware that your student will be gone for a certain amount of time and class time is important. So we really wanna make sure that they're not getting so far behind that it becomes overwhelming and stressful to catch back up. Um, I also have this nice drive-through window. <laughs> if you've seen me in my office, I have an open window policy. So I really try to reach out to as many students as possible and make sure that they feel super welcome and coming in and, and you know, really communicating whatever it is that they're struggling with or excited about um, or anything that comes up. So I really want to make sure you all know who I am. I try to be as welcoming as possible. I love being here and I'm really grateful that you have all shared your time with us this morning. So thank you. And I really appreciate your continued support and calling and letting me know everything. So if you have any questions, please let me know. Yes. Hi. Yes. So you'll call my attendance number and it's 858-875-0504 and I can get in touch with you as well. My office is just right here. But you'll call that number and leave a message saying, my son has this at 120, I'll be picking him up, and he'll come and sign out with me, so he'll write his name, his grade, the time that he's leaving, and your message will be the signature on that sheet of paper. So he'll check out with me so we have record and know exactly where he is. And it's really in case of an emergency. If something happens in the middle of the day and a student just leaves and I haven't received a call, then they're unaccounted for, and so that's, obviously what keeps me up at night. I want to make sure. So you would call me, leave a message in the morning. So even if they don't have a class, yep. you still need to call? Still need to call, no matter what. For any reason, if your student will be leaving campus or will be late in the morning because they have a doctor's appointment or there's a family emergency or if they'll be missing, if there's a funeral or for whatever reason it is, you always call, um, always leave a message and that way we know where they are. So thank you for your question. Anyone else? Yes. So I really need that form in advance. If you know in next, at the end of October or in November, you're going on a Thanksgiving trip. I'd love to have that at the beginning of the month. I really need it two weeks in advance, what it says on the piece of paper, but I understand that last minute trips happen and and that can be a bit chaotic. So even if it's the day before that they leave, I just need to have it so our teachers, you sign the form as well, parents confirm, and I can obviously talk to the student, let them know 
they're all good to go. They turn it into me, so we have a nice visit. Whenever that happens, I try to check in and make sure that whatever it is that they're going for, they feel good about and that we're here if they need anything. So thank you. Yes. No, if, if it's an orthodontist appointment, I would like you to just call me and let me know that your student will be 45 minutes late, they'll be coming to sign in with me at the expected time. And if your appointment runs over, that's understandable, it happens, you can call and let me know, hi, this appointment's been pushed back two hours, or I can also rely on the call that you made previously so I have an understanding. Can I tell you that like the day before? Yeah. Yes, you can call me, you can email me. Um, I really like to receive a call because we have a voice log. So it's really nice because I, I have a very organized way of doing things. So if it's easier for you to email me, totally fine. I'll usually email you back to confirm. Um, but call or email would be wonderful. Yeah. Anything else? No? Well, it's so lovely to meet you all. And I'm just right there if you need anything. So. Thank you, folks. Oh, good. You've got the cavalry here. We may have a student component at the end of this, but they are getting close when they in their next class. So switching up the order a little. I'm Mrs. Broderick, Megan Broderick, the uh, school counselor, and one of my um, roles is to be the advisor for a student group peer support. And so instead of me describing that, we have four members of that group to talk to you. Hi, so we're all juniors. Um, I'm
should you always wear your shirt so that um, kids can identify you know you with the shirts on or is that just for today in the presentation um, so we wore that at the beginning of the school year to make sure that people knew who we were and they have our names on the back and um, so yeah and we wore them for the presentation today but we, we can they're not they're school approved so we can wear them whenever we want yeah. all right thank you very much great job So I'm Megan Broderick, I'm the school counselor. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist um, and also a Bishop's grad. And um, when I started working here six years ago, I think, um, after having been a student here 20 years ago, uh, I was immediately struck and I'm struck every day by the amount of care um, and love that our team gives to each student and makes me feel really grateful that I went to school here and really hopeful that my young kids will go to school here someday. So um, just know that that we see this as a family and we want to be there for your kids and that we are here to communicate with you at any time. Um, my office is directly back there, right around the corner from the nurse. The nurse and I worked very closely together. Um, like she said, if students come in and kind of seem overly stressed, she'll end up kind of walking them over to me. Um, students are able to come into my office at any time if the door is open. If it's closed, that means a different student is in there. Um, they can also make appointments with me over email. Sometimes students are sort of come to see me as a result of maybe a discipline situation. Um, to, to Mike Beamer's point that um, you know we're trying to educate children who can go out into the world and be productive and kind citizens and, and make a positive impact. So the point isn't just to get them in trouble, it's to also then follow up with how can we help you understand what moment you were in when you made a bad choice? Um, so uh, also parents are more than welcome to contact me at any time. I can help you communicate with teachers. Um, if there is something going on in your family's life or something that your child has going on and, and you need a little bit of help communicating that with teachers in a way that um, feels comfortable and appropriate, that's a lot of the work that I do. And you're more than welcome to reach out to me at any time. We can chit chat about your child, about the school. Um, I'm, I'm here for you with regards to that. Um, I support students in all kinds of things. Sometimes a kid just wants to kind of complain and have a piece of candy um, and to obviously to the other side of, of more serious issues that they might be experiencing, something they're struggling with at home, um, something that they are concerned about with regards to a friend or a peer. Um, I try to keep our conversations confidential. Um, however, there are certain instances in which, of course, I would take that information outside of my office, um, mostly centering around student safety. Um, so know that I try to maintain that confidentiality just so that they feel like they have a safe place to talk um, with someone who isn't their teacher, isn't giving them a grade, isn't their mom or dad. Um, it can be a really important relationship. So um, I hope that you'll join me in encouraging your kids that asking for help is a sign of strength and that we want our kids to find adults in their lives um, and then be adults in life who know how to ask for help and know when they need help. Um, in my opinion, as a therapist, that is one of the greatest tools that we can give to our, our, our kids. So um, I appreciate your support in that. Um, 
As I said, uh, I also, sorry, I just want to mention that I, I can make referrals to outside therapists. It's not really the intent of this position for me to be your child's long-time, long-term therapist, um, just because I do work the school hours and the school schedule. Um, but they certainly are welcome to see me on a regular basis. Um, but I also have a lot of therapists in the area who are excellent that I make referrals to who understand our school community um, and could be that long-term therapist for your child. Um, I would, I do ask when I make a referral that if you're comfortable for you to sign a release so that that person and I can communicate in a confidential manner just because it provides the most consistent care um, so that I can help with what's going on at school and how we can kind of care for your, your child um, the best we can. Um, and when I say therapist, like I don't, I really think we need to work on that not being a scary word. We want to, we want to be talking about things before we're in a place where it's we have a big problem or or we're having an emergency. So I think, in my opinion, seeking therapy or talking about what you have going on in your heart and in your mind is a part of your total health. So you go to the doctor, you talk about what's going on in your heart, you do all those kinds of things. So again, I'd love your help and changing the conversation around that. So um, obviously I'm also the advisor for the peer support group, which is super fun. Um, we meet twice a cycle um, and do some really neat things. And I'm really excited about how much bigger it is this year and um, they're really focused on, on doing some really cool things on campus. So, um, but I think they speak for themselves. So um, the other thing I wanna mention is that uh, obviously I think most of you know um, that we have a health class that you is required in ninth grade. Many students take it in the summer before ninth grade. Um, and then it, we've been kind of trying to figure out the best way to keep addressing issues that are addressed in the health class as they move throughout high school. Um, the nurse and I will frequently pop into different class meetings and talk about things. This year, we're trying to make an effort to have that be a little more pointed, um, a little more curriculum-y. Um, not a word. Um, so, so I just wanted to share that in the upper school, um, the topics that we're sort of peppering into enrichment periods um, for all grades, uh, not every grade gets every single one, but we know that your student at some point in their high school career will we'll have heard all of them. Uh, but those topics that we're, we're working on are uh, myths around marijuana use in the teenage brain, um, healthy eating and disordered eating, internet safety and making good decisions, being a responsible internet citizen, uh, vaping, alcohol and alcohol safety, stress management and met mental health, which would include sleep hygiene and healthy behaviors, coping mechanisms, um, sexual health, uh, boundaries, and consent. And then for the seniors, we'll be doing sort of a mental health in college uh, thing in the springtime. And for one grade, we'll be doing safe driving. So, so these are things that our kids need to be learning about, right, to become well-rounded citizens, but it's harder to fit them into class. So um, we're really making an effort to, to have that be something that all students are learning, um, even if they roll their eyes. Um, okay, so I think that's what I wanted to comment. And then I also wanted to just follow up. I think you received an email from me about vaping and juuling. Um, I believe it went out last week. This is an issue that is widespread. Um, students are not making good choices around vaping and juuling. Um, so, and, and our students, many of our students are, I, unfortunately, I think not an exception just because they go to bishops. So um, it's a behavior that I think starts out kind of like, doesn't seem like a big deal, but as you may have been reading in the news, it's a huge deal. It's the, the health 
effects are pretty serious. And I think that we didn't really know, and now we're starting to know, and now students are already into it. So um, the reason that we sent out that communication is really because to keep you informed and have you be aware. Like, we can't, we, we can't be ignorant to this issue. And we want you to partner with us, because it's really hard. Um, it's hard to detect, and it's hard to help kids talk about it. Um, and so we'd love for you to be talking to your kids about it. And in my opinion, the earlier the better. Because um, if they're not doing it, they're probably seeing it, or their friends are doing it. It's just out there. So um, I did bring some show and tell. Um, just as a quick FYI, and then I'll be done. This is a vape pen. This could be have liquid THC, marijuana, or nic nicotine in there, okay? So you just kind of press a button, it heats up, and, and then that happens. Um, <laughs> it's not really a habit that I'm super familiar with, so <laughs> forgive my ignorance. But uh, so this is a jewel, a jewel and a jewel pod. So this little deal, looks like a little USB, is what contains the liquid nicotine. And so, and so there wouldn't be THC in the jewel. It would be liquid nicotine. And these are the cartridges. And then you put it in this thing, you charge it in your like computer, like you charge your phone, and then you you suck it out of there. Uh, so and it comes in different different flavors, and so it's very kid driven, even though it's not for kids. Um, this one happens to be the the creme brulee flavor. So um, it makes my hands smell bad. Um, so the point is, they say it's not marketed towards kids, but let's all call a spade a spade, of course it is. So um, we need to be really careful about this. I think it was mentioned in that email that there are ways that students can get it by or creating a fake account on Amazon and having it delivered to an Amazon locker. And um, you know, so these kids are smart and they find ways around the rules. So please join us in the effort of talking to your kids about it. Um, and feel free to come in and talk to me about it too or talk to them with me if that helps you start that conversation. I'd be happy to be there. Questions? Yes. Uh, thank you for all that. It's really helpful. Sure. And as a new parent, I was wondering, can you send or would you be comfortable sending all those discussion points that you're going to be talking about in the upper school? In the health curriculum? Yeah. Um, um, sure. I, I yeah, so some of them um, I'm bringing in speakers. Like for instance, yesterday, uh, two, the ninth and 11th grade both had a speaker about the myths around marijuana, and the 10th grade had a healthy eating um, speaker. Um, so so I, you know what, that's a great idea. I could certainly kind of collate the information that is given, whether it's from me or from someone else on our team, and from those speakers and, and try to keep you abreast of, of at least the sort of overall tar topics that they're hearing about. And then because my son is in seventh grade, um, I've been talking to some other friends, the technology education was really important to me. It was interesting hearing about it from other schools, just getting it early. My son now has an iPad. I mean, it's like, whoa. You know, the now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And any healthy chats for the middle school? Yes. So um, Harlan Klein brings in someone from the, oh, I'm sorry, Harlan Klein. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you bring in someone to speak to the middle school about healthy internet behavior?
Uh, sure. Yeah. You could ask him about it. Yeah, let me figure, let me, okay. Sure, yeah, that's a good point. Um, now that you know, yeah. you can <laughs> please talk to them about it. Um, but yeah, let, let me think about the best way to do that. Okay. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Mr. Beamer. So this is one of those moments where we talk about our expectations and a failure to meet those expectations. Uh, yeah, vaping or e-cigarettes e uh, are a major rule violation. Um, and so that student would probably meet with the discipline committee uh, and we would have that, uh, that conversation with the eight members of the committee, uh, the student and a trusted adult. Um, and then the consequences would follow from there. Um, it's probably not something that we would separate a student for the first time around. Um, but we want to have a serious conversation to make sure that the student knows that um, it's totally inappropriate to do that. Yep. There are four students and four adults. Yes. And everybody gets one vote. Yep. Great. Is it okay if Shane goes next because he is a class? Absolutely. Okay. Right. However you want to do it. Can I do it okay, Shane? Yes. Okay. Good morning. Um, I'm Shane Walton, Director of, uh, Assistant Director of Athletics here. Um, I'm also in the Student Center. Uh, I am also alumni uh, or alum of Bishops, graduated with Megan Broderick. We were actually in the same advisory. Um, so we've known each other for a long time. <laughs> yeah, we know each other's secrets. And, uh, <laughs> um, I, it's so cool to see, uh, I felt so supported here as a student and now there's a, a whole staff and office um, specifically for students' well-being. And so your kids are very well taken care of. They're very well supported. Um, they just need to ask for the support. Uh, we're here. Um, my background is in behavior. So I was new last year for the past 10, 11 years. I've been doing work with adolescents in behavior, and I've also been doing work with parents. Um, I heard a laugh. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. Uh, so I also have a class where I, I teach. It's called LEAD. Um, I deem it as leadership. We're all, we're all leaders of ourselves as well as, as other people. Um, the class, we go over a, a tremendous amount of different topics. Uh, really what it boils down to is self-understanding, uh, self-awareness, and understanding of others, and uh, relational um, strategies to help 
build more deeper, uh, meaningful relationships. Uh, I also believe in challenging our students. Um, I don't think everything should be easy. I believe they should be challenged at their core and also um, allow them to struggle uh, with support. And so I, I think there's something to be said in learning how to be comfortable in your discomfort. And so uh, I, I challenge them and I, I allow them to struggle in, in class and sometimes they don't like it, but I'm not looking for the here and now. My goal is for them to have, this, have these skills for later in their life. And so I'm okay with them struggling in the short term as long as they can grow and be able to navigate different situations in the long term. So I'm also available for them to meet. My office is right in, in the student center as well. So um, if they have questions, if they need support, we're all a team. We all, we all uh, speak and, and connect. And um, so we're here, again, we're here to support your students and your, and your students uh, and, your, and your children. So utilize us, we're here. Um, I'm on the website, so if, they, if you want to reach out, feel free to ask any questions. I'm just not going to be able to available right now. I just have to run to class. So <laughs> thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Um, I'm Ken Chep. I'm the director of the Learning Center. This is my 12th year at Bishop's. If anybody had said I'd been here 12 years, I would have told them, I don't think so, but here I am. <laughs> so there must be something about the place that, you know, it's keeping me happy. Um, basically, I'm here to work with students who want to kind of examine or explore their study strategies, how they prepare for tests, maybe more efficient ways to take notes during lectures, um, what everybody calls time management, um, I call how you manage your behavior because you really can't manage time. We only have 24 hours in a day. Everybody's got that amount of time. So you really need to look at your behaviors within that period of time that you have. But one of the big issues I think that students come in to see me about is procrastination. And so, you know, as soon as they say that to me and I look at them and go, how's that working out for you? And then we get into, you know, what they're doing instead of doing the task that they really should be attending to. So the kids really come in to see me for a variety of reasons. Um, and so I just, you know, try to be there for them. There are sign-up sheets outside my door. I'm on the upper floor of the Library and Learning Center in room 213. There's a big whiteboard next to my door with sign-up sheets. So if your student has a free period, they can certainly you know, sign up to see me. I typically will not keep them the entire 70-minute period because my attention span is probably worse than theirs. Um, so you know, we try to divide it up. I mean, they can stay as long as they want, basically, but usually 35 minutes you know, will do it. And then they come back for a follow-up. And then I try to monitor you know, how they're doing with whatever you know, we started working on just to make sure that they are trying some new things. You know, some kids get really caught in a rut. You know, well, this is the way I've always studied. And so it's scary for them to try something different. And I try to encourage them to have fun with it. You know, it's important to have fun in your learning um, because you want to be a lifelong learner. And if it's not fun for you, then the chances of your continuing on with it are probably going to be pretty minimal. So, you know, we try to look at strategies for having fun with what they're doing, even if it's not a fun subject area for them. Um, do you have any questions? I'm sorry I'm, I'm rushing, but I, I have an appointment. Anything that you all have questions about? Uh, you can shoot me an email. You can give me a call. 
Um, there is a website attached to the Bishop's site for the Learning Center, and it has some resources for parents and that kind of thing. All right, thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Nicole. Um, and I want to say, uh, before I, oops, sorry. I won't touch it. Okay. Um, before I became a school chaplain, I served as a hospice chaplain for almost four years. And I think fundamental in that role, and also in my role as a school chaplain for the last 17 years, have, has been supporting our community, our students, and our faculty and staff, and our families when we face significant loss or grief. And fundamental to that role is holding out hope when we look around the world um, and in our own lives and, and what we feel is darkness or despair. So hope that we're not alone, hope that healing can come no matter what we're facing, um, hope that there is some greater reality out there, no matter how we might name that reality, that offers us a kind and unconditional embrace that is love. In my one year here, we have faced the loss of three very beloved teachers, Mrs. Carter and Mr. Updegraff and now Mr. Jacobson, and uh, working with the student services team, um, part of my role has been to create space for kids to process that loss and that grief. Um, to, and that space has been in the chapel or any one of our offices. Um, but the chapel is that sacred space on campus where kids can fall apart. They can come in and, especially in those times when we're grieving, there will be an adult there who can um, be there as they fall apart, as they cry, as they process, as they need to tell stories, as they, um, if, if they want something tangible to do, they can light a candle, uh, they can write a remembrance, they can say a prayer. Um, so I think creating that kind of space where, where kids can be vulnerable and they can share is um, a large part of what I do. I think also um, in my relationships with students, conversations with them, um, most important is communicating to them that they are loved just as they are and that um, no one is outside the embrace of that love and there's nothing they can do that will separate them from that love and that grace and forgiveness are possible for them when they make a mistake or um, when they are self-critical or feel that they don't like themselves, right? That no matter who they are or how they identify or who they love or what they believe or what's happening in their life, there is that love that is there to embrace and hold them together. Um, this year in my um, in chapels, I'm ending with a blessing that I hope um, will resonate with the kids over time. And I want to share it with you today. It's, and I'm pretty sure that it comes from a parenting author. Uh, but the blessing is, do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things break and all things can be mended, not with time, as they say, but with intention. So go and love intentionally, extravagantly, and unconditionally, because the broken world awaits in darkness for the light that is you. So I hope that 
kids know that no matter how broken they're feeling or how broken their life might feel or when they look at the world and they see all of its brokenness, they believe and they hold out that hope that, that things can be mended, that love is the answer for themselves, for the world, for their relationships with others. So I guess hope and love are the two things that I want to be coming from my office and from our chapel program. If you have any questions, my office is in um, Bentham, right next to Ms. Murabayashi's office. Hi, first of all, thank you for your patience. I know it's a long time to sit and listen, um, but hopefully this information has been helpful for you. I'm Jane Maddox. Um, this is, I think, my fifth or sixth year um, working at the Bishop School, although the community welcomed me with open arms when my husband started teaching and coaching here in 1995, so I feel like I've been here forever. Um, the most important thing that I can tell you is that I have a, a bishop senior and a, a former bishop student who's now college and the team of people you heard from today have taken such wonderful care of them um, that I am forever grateful um, sorry uh, <laughs> and so um, please know that your your kids are in really good hands um, my job at bishops is to provide academic support for students that might look like working with students with learning differences it might look like helping a student who's been out of school for two weeks with mono get caught up it might look like helping a student who did really well last year or at their previous school who now is really feeling the pressure because things are getting more difficult and their strategies are not serving them as well as they hoped um, I also coordinate the peer tutoring program. We have um, 34, as of yesterday, uh, students who have volunteered to tutor their peers. It's a very dynamic program. It's a great way for your student to get help. We actually have students who are peer tutors in one subject and receive tutoring in a different subject. So that's my... Um, that's my, uh, my star, is, is a student who's benefiting and also providing um, help. If you need support for your child, um, you have academic concerns, please reach out to me. The easiest way to reach me is via email. Um, I'll get back to you within 24 hours. And um, I look forward to working with your student should they ever need me. And um, thank you for your time. Oh, any questions? And now David Thompson. Hello. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm David Thompson. I'm in my seventh year now at Bishops. Uh, I am the current director of diversity and community life. And I'm actually, like, <laughs> I have like emotions. Like I'm really goosebumpy because um, hearing Jane talk uh, specifically about her role as a parent currently and having like a just Anyway, I think Jane's awesome, and uh, so my work here, <laughs> sorry, so my work here is really revolving around uh, trying to create a community in which we are paying attention to and learning uh, from and with one another. Uh, sort of from the beginning to the end of 
of that narrative is this deep understanding that we come from different homes, we have different beliefs and different values and different structures that, um, that inform who we are. And the textual experience that our kids have in class is so much richer and so much greater when they are learning from peers who challenge them, right? Shane talked a little bit about like wanting to challenge students and put them in uncomfortable positions. Uh, I think when we are able to really take our personal narrative and be able to apply that to the education that we are getting in this place, the experiences in the classroom are better and richer and deeper because of differing perspective. And I think the hard part to that work is really about being able to say, yes, it's gonna be hard, and yes, we're doing this stuff together, and no, this is not about like you going over here and you going over here and living in this world sort of separately and independently, as much as it is being able to put up a mirror and say, this is where I'm at, this is where I come from, you are coming from this particular position, I need to understand that position and that experience in order to be someone who can leave this place and navigate in an ever-changing world with grace and care. We are losing, I think, in a big way um, outside of these walls, but at times within these walls, the ability to have conversation with one another because we can so easily reject experiences or perspectives that are new or uncomfortable. And it's not making any of us better to do that. And so through a manifestation of many different um, opportunities, programs, um, trips, discussions. I'm really working to try and create a place where we can do some of that here. Uh, because when our kids go out to college, they've, they're, demographically speaking, I mean, they're going to be around someone who comes from a background that is wholly unlike theirs. Right? Every single one of us is gonna have a child that goes out into the world and comes across that really fast once they graduate. And, and we have to ask, if we prepared them to do that well. And so it's fun, it's like super fun. Uh, it's not easy, but it's really fun. I also teach within the English department and I, it's funny, I like brought one of my little journals with me um, I, and because the class I teach is African-American literature and, and on the very first day of class, the journal assignment was what is African-American literature and I threw out a Toni Morrison quote that talks a little bit about um, particular groups of Americans in this country needing to hyphenate or qualify their Americanness with African-American or Asian-American or whatever it might be and I said, you know, what is African-American literature? And this particular student said, literature that promotes equality and rights for all. And I thought that was really interesting, and not because it was sweet and well, well thought of and well intended, but because it also implies that those rights aren't currently in place. And so when we get to become a school that allows for uh, students to come with whatever racial, gender, sexual orientation, um, socioeconomic background that, that lives within their home, then they're living fully. And so in terms of my work with supporting students, uh, there are affinity groups for kids who have a shared identity that is sometimes of a racial or ethnic background, that is sometimes of um, a multiracial background, that is sometimes of a gender or sexual orientation sort of discerning process. Uh, they're coming together so that they can figure out who they are here, so that they can be their best selves as a part of this larger community. 
Uh, I also offer opportunities for students to travel to a couple of conferences, and so that always gets a little contentious because there's like six spaces and 50 applications, and I want to say yes to everyone. Uh, but that particular the conference uh, that happens first is called the National uh, Student Diversity Leadership Conference, and it's sponsored by the Parent Association, National Association of Independent Schools. Uh, and that conference is a moment for students who are um, underrepresented in their school communities or deeply connected to understanding the experiences of under, uh, underrepresented students to come together with those uh, from schools across the country. So there's 1,600 kids in this place getting to know one another to talk about what does it mean to be underrepresented or what does it mean to have to sometimes fight for a voice to be heard because I think at the end of the day we all believe that our students are heard and we all believe that they are seen but that unfortunately is not always the case uh, and it's due to no fault of any one person which really a systematic thing or uh, a failure to recognize um, the inclusion of a group and so this conference and other sort of similar programming allow students to find that voice and to, to really be able to work with their peers and their, their colleagues, if you will, to be heard. When students come into my office, it, it's often for a whole host of reasons and sometimes they're just grumpy or want to sit on a beanbag, but on other occasions it's because they do not feel seen at home, at school, within their friend group, that there is a critical part of who they are. Um, maybe it is a sexual orientation, maybe it's gender identity, maybe they are the only person of their ethnic or racial group or socioeconomic group um, in their collection of friends. And so for a student who is on financial aid, sometimes it's really hard uh, to want to spend a lot of time going to Yogi Topia or wherever the kids go to spend money. I don't know, there's places, uh, Boba, who knows. But when all of their friends often want to like go off and do these things and they are the only one who can't afford it, that's a tough conversation to have at 14. Um, or when kids, uh, we don't have a lot of black students at Bishops and that's, you know, I, I think a simple fact, but hip hop is huge. And we all know, at least I certainly know, that the language that's used in hip hop music isn't always like the most like kid friendly. And so sometimes there are students who are using language in their with their friend group um, that offends like one or two kids because of their particular ethnic identity versus those who are using words that's, that are offensive. And they might come in and say, I, I don't know how to handle this, right? Like, I don't wanna be the one. Um, we've got students who say, you know, I, I don't think my parents fully get me. Um, I don't think they fully understand like what I'm going through right now or I'm trying to talk with them and they're not always listening. They don't hear me. They don't believe me. Those are just some of the conversations that happen and what I want to be able to do with you all is provide moments of opportunity, reading, education, anything that you think you need to better understand kids who are growing up in a world that is increasingly multiracial, multicultural, and accepting of identities and values that I think for a long time we societally put under the rug. And I wanna make sure that you feel equipped to like love your child in all of the ways that I know you do, and I want your children to be able to see and receive that. Uh, so my office is between Shane and Jackie Gomez. Uh, it's the one that usually has like nine children on the floor. Uh, please just come in anytime, send me an email. Um, I'm here for you, I really am.
Thank you.